Hello and welcome to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. This podcast is titled Bill Brooks Talks PV IV Curves. And let's talk a little bit about that now. PV, that's photovoltaic. Photo for light, voltaic for voltage. And then IV, we're going to talk about that. But the I is for current, the V is for voltage, and those two things interact. Usually on the data sheet of a PV module, you see an IV curve. And it is kind of shaped like your leg while you're sitting down, like it has a knee. And that knee is the maximum power point. And up there top at your hip, that is your short circuit current. And down there towards your foot, that's going to be your open circuit voltage. And then your inverter is going to work at that perfect combination, current and voltage right there at the knee. And let's say that that would be a shape of a curve when your foot is sticking out a little bit further than your knee and your knee is down there a little bit lower than your hip. You got that all visualized. We got the anatomy. I could get a little bit crazier and start talking about your acetabulum, but that's the anatomy of your hip. Okay, let's get serious. We're going to have Bill Brooks, and Bill Brooks teaches a lot of advanced classes. And so when we sat down here, I was getting him to talk about the basics of PV because I also was trying to get material so I could put him into my PV boot camp, which a lot of people take that class for preparing for the associate exam. And that's really easy compared to what Bill does. He gets really deep into the code. He writes the code and all that kind of stuff. And so we're going to talk about the IV curves. And so some of the key words are going to be short circuit current, maximum power current, open circuit voltage, maximum power voltage, maximum power point. Then we're going to talk a little bit about how a solar cell is a light emitting diode in reverse. And it's kind of weird. You put electricity into a solar cell instead of taking it out and it makes invisible light also known as infrared and you can get an IR camera and you can see heat. Isn't that cool? So I hope you enjoy this podcast and you can also remember to check out solarshawn.com and you might as well just give this podcast like a whole bunch of stars, right? Something like that. That'd be cool. Okay. On with the show. Okay. So who I have here is somebody that's been teaching solar to people since what? 1930 what? Maybe 1990, something like that. This is Bill Brooks and he's been teaching solar since before the California Solar Initiative. Been doing a lot of training. I moved here when the California Solar Initiative started in 1998. Yep. So Bill's from North Carolina and he started off teaching some beginner classes and stuff, right? Like just because nobody knew anything. Well, basically I was the only one teaching grid connect solar when I came to California. Nobody really was dealing with grid-connected solar at that point. Most people, the training that was going on was off-grid solar and solar cabins, marijuana growers in Marin County. I think they're still there. Yeah. Did you hear the Solar Living Institute closed? I did not hear that, but they were one of the folks that were doing training at that time. They closed down, fortunately, after the COVID and all that. So anyway, so Bill has taught millions of people, maybe, about IV curves. And so let's hear what Bill has to say. What's an IV curve from like a basic level? All right. Well, we call IV not because it's the fourth curve. I never thought of that. But it's the letter I and the letter V stuck next to each other. And because current starts with the letter I and V is the first letter 
matter of voltage, of course. I is equals current, but the reason we call current, use the letter I for current, is it stands for intensity. That's the old term. It's kind of funny that we have something that's in the code and the electrical world, and we never explain it to people, but there it is. The letter I is for intensity. The easy way to remember intensity is that the intensity of light changes the intensity of current. If you double the light on a photovoltaic device, you essentially double the current. And so the doubling the intensity of light doubles the intensity of the current, meaning that if you are producing one amp, at a certain light level and you double that light, you're gonna produce two amps. There's zero voltage, zero volts, and that's a shorted condition if we basically connect on a module, for instance, when we connect the positive to negative, we're gonna create a short circuit condition. We're going to flow a certain amount of current and that current is limited. It's limited by how intense the sunlight is. The intensity of sunlight sets that number. So we have a rating that's based at a thousand watts per square meter, which is a certain intensity of light, and then our device will produce so much current based on that intensity of light. And nowadays we can have short circuit currents of modules anywhere from eight amps up to even 15, 16 amps. So we have some massive currents going on in our photovoltaic devices. So that's short circuit current. Now that's tested typically through an ammeter. We could basically, if we had a voltage tester or a multimeter that could test current, we could test it directly through the meter at 10 or 12 amps, something like that might be fine for the tester. The other thing that's easy to test with a voltmeter or a multimeter is voltage and so if we go to the open circuit voltage and we were just to test and put it in voltage mode we could see what the voltage is and that would be the open circuit voltage from the positive lead to the negative lead at zero current so we're down at the zero current line so those two things the open circuit voltage by far the easiest thing to test short circuit current a little more complicated we're going to run that through the meter or we could have what we call a clamp on meter clamp on ammeter where we could actually short the positive and negative together by plugging them together for instance in a module and then clamp around the wire and actually test the, the current flowing through the wire in that short-circuited condition. Now neither of these conditions produce any power because we could have all current and no voltage or all voltage and no current and since power is the sum, the product I should say, of voltage and current, we're multiplying them together. When we multiply zero times anything we get zero. Those are non-power conditions. The IV curve is based on the semiconductor properties, the shape of the curve and everything like that. And this is a very standard looking IV curve for crystalline PV modules in particular. If we were then plot for every point on the curve, what the power would be, starting at open circuit voltage, kind of working our way up, we will find a point at which the voltage times the current is the maximum. The maximum power point would be on the knee of the curve. And that is because the curve looks like somebody sitting in a chair. The lap of the curve would be toward the short circuit current. And the shin of the curve would be where it says cold down there. And the foot of the curve would be all the way down at open circuit voltage and the knee would be right there in the middle. So the knee of the curve is where the product of voltage and current will reach a maximum. As we move to the left of that point, the voltage goes down, but the current stays much the same. So you're gonna lose power that way. If you go the other direction, your current's gonna drop dramatically and your voltage is only increasing slightly. That maximum power point is the optimal place to produce electricity. So how much electricity we produce is maximized at the maximum power point, and that is very different than obviously the zero power points of open circuit voltage and short circuit current. Yeah, I always thought too, it was kind of cool that 
irradiance, which is the brightness of light, also starts with an I. So maybe we should reinvent that. So it's the intensity of the irradiance mm -hmm. that changes the intensity of the electron yep. in the flow. Yep, and it's just how many photons are flowing out of that sun. That's right, and that's the way to look at it. Something like a six inch by six inch cell will get a billion billion photons every second under a thousand watts per square meter. If you cut that in half to a half a billion billion photons, then you're going to get half the amount of current flow. Half the amount of electrons kind of getting knocked loose. Getting excited. That's lots of electrons. Mm -hmm. So you got to remember that one amp of electrons is, as my physics teacher said, a buku of electrons. Yeah, I think it's like 18, six with 18 zeros after it. It's got a lot of zeros in it. We got to remember that even though we think of a one amp as being a small amount of electricity or power when we consider it in an AC circuit or something like that, it's a massive amount of electrons. Yeah, electrons are really small. They're really hard to see. Well, and that's the problem. In electrical circuits, if we can see the electrons, that's usually a bad thing. Something's not right. Now, the electrons exciting something else, making light, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So we have LEDs, which are essentially light-emitting diodes, are photovoltaic devices in reverse, mm -hmm. okay? The way we work is we take a semiconductor, we absorb light, and we make voltage and power out of it. With a light-emitting diode, we take power, voltage and current, we flow it through the device and emits light. It is very true to say that a semiconductor is a two-way device. It is a light absorber producing electricity. It is a light emitter when electricity is put through it. There's like some sort of relationship or that a solar cell is in a way a diode. It is, it is a photodiode. That's yeah. the proper term mm -hmm. of it, it's a photodiode. And we can, a standard module, if you hook it up to a voltage that's greater than the open circuit voltage of the device, will produce light. Now the light that it produces is not visible light. But if you have an infrared camera, it's very visible light. So that's an interesting thing. And a photovoltaic device will work on thermal energy. Way back when, in the beginning of my career, 30-something years ago, the gas companies were working on photovoltaic-driven furnace fans. I don't know why they haven't done it since then, because it's a great idea. But what they were doing is they would take a mantle a gas mantle, like you might have for an infrared heater, which you can buy that are natural gas driven or propane driven. And this mantle puts out infrared light, which is very warming to the human body because it's radiating thermal energy. You take that device and you put a photovoltaic module right in front of it and you produce a pretty decent amount of electricity because it's actually the wavelength of light that photovoltaic modules are most susceptible to or they are most excited by. Visible light that we see is only kinda exciting mm -hmm. to a photovoltaic module. It's not like its favorite thing. Uh -huh. A thermal mantle is like, oh my God, this is awesome. That's like infrared? That's right. Infrared light will excite a photovoltaic module much more. So you could actually get more power out of a 300 watt module you might be able to produce as much as a thousand watts out of a single 300 watt module if you give it infrared light. Wow. If you make an infrared mantle that you need it anyway to make heat for your house and you produce electricity with it, you can now run your furnace fan at a thousand watts 
with a 300 watt PV module. That's pretty cool. So we'll see that in the future. Before my career is over, I hope to see that. Like we used to go camping with these like gas lanterns and they'd have mm -hmm. a mantle. Is yep. it sort of something like that? That's a little different concept. That's radiant light, visible, vis visible yeah. spectrum. It would be more similar to a plug-in heater that glows red. Yeah. That's more of that mm -hmm. infrared. But anyway, the point being that it's a very practical application because what have we been going through in, in context of when we're doing this recording, we're going through Texas having gone through one of its worst winter storms on record, which knocked out power to millions of homes and literally inside people's houses were getting below freezing in Texas, which is crazy. Whereas if all you needed was a fan to run your furnace and you were fine. So one of the very important backup loads in a house in the wintertime for backup power is your furnace fan. Because if you have a propane or natural gas furnace, you can use the fossil fuels and run the fan with the solar. But if you have no electricity to run your fan, you would need a backup generator or something like that just to heat your house. That's a big problem. And guess what? Most people in Texas didn't have that. And their houses would freeze internally. Their kitchen sink would freeze. Not just the pipes in their attic. So then could we say that PV would then be bad for the climate because it would help people burn more gas? It's only if we have lots of power outages. If we have lots of power outages, then we're into the apocalypse. And then we just have to do the whole thing with solar and storage. Cool. Thanks for listening to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. To learn more, go to solarshawn.com. And while you're at it, get NABCEP certified. And you know how to get NABCEP certified. Go and check out all my classes on HeatSpring, or you can hire me, or you can hire me and Bill to come to your place and do solar training, consulting. And hopefully your place is like a tropical island. That would be great. But we also work in snowstorms. Take it easy. Another thing you might want to check out is Instagram. We have been posting some Instagram reels over there at Sean White Solar. That's the Instagram handle, S-E-A-N-W-H-I-T-E-S-O-L-A-R. And people are kind of digging it. I went to InterSolar and I took videos this time. Before I was just posting photos of every single booth at RE+, that's SPI, and all the other conferences. And at InterSolar, I decided to try doing videos and then I had my excellent assistants making them really cool and people are liking it a lot. So if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. Sean White Solar at Instagram, solarshawn.com, NABCEP, check it all out. Over and in.